Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to Questions and Ethics with Russell Moore, where we apply the gospel of the kingdom to cultural issues and your questions about the Christian life. And now, here's your host. Hello, this is Russell Moore broadcasting here from the studios of the Southern Baptist Convention building. It's a new year and a lot of new things happening that I'm really excited about, and this is one of them. This is the inaugural broadcast of this program, which is devoted to interacting with you about questions. Now, when a lot of people think about issues of ethics, they tend to think about really, really complicated sorts of moral questions about human cloning and uh, nuclear war. But for most Christians— the issues that we deal with ethically have to do simply with what what it means to follow Christ. How do we live as Christians in our workplaces, in our families, around our dinner table when it comes to choosing our entertainment options? And I'd like to start this program with a question that I received not long ago from a young man who is dating a young woman. They're They're relatively new in their relationship. And he said to me that she had an issue. She mentioned at some point about how she came to Christ, and she said, you know, I'd, I'd been living a really wild life uh, prior to that. So his question for me was to say, you know, I really am wanting to know about her sexual past, if there is a sexual past or sexual history. But he says, is it wrong of me to want to know that? And if, it, if it's not wrong, then how do I engage that question? How, how do I go about asking that question? And I think this is a really important question question, especially living in the kind of uh, cultural situation that we're living in right now, because the question basically is, what should I know about a potential spouse's sexual past? Uh, I wrote about this several years ago because I found myself dealing with it over and over and over again in counseling people in dating relationships and also in premarital counseling. And there are several things I think that as Christians we ought to we ought to consider when it comes to this issue. The first thing is, I really don't think it's a good idea for at the very beginning of a relationship for this young man to say, okay, let's put all our, our cards on the table here and talk about sexual history and, and what, what's, what's your sexual history, what's my sexual history, largely because that's going to drive the relationship to a kind of emotional vulnerability and a kind of emotional intimacy really, really fast. 
I think the initial phase of courtship and dating ought to be, is this the sort of person who is qualified to be married to me? Is this a, is this a godly person? Is this someone that, that I believe that I would like to be married to? Those, those sorts of questions. Once one moves beyond that, then I think it's appropriate to start talking about, okay, as we move toward considering marriage, what sorts of things ought we to know? And I think one of the things that he ought to be looking for, and and a young woman, as she's talking to a man, uh, ought to be looking for, is first of all, whether or not this issue is dealt with with a kind of casual disregard. This man's question isn't casual at all, because after all, the the contemporary way that, that many people see sex is simply as a biological function of body parts rubbing together. Now, that, that is not the way that the Scripture sees sexual intercourse. Uh, as a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul makes the case that sexual immorality is, is different in some ways uh, from any other sin. He says because with sexual immorality, this is a sin against one's own body. And then later... Paul talks about in the marriage union how the wife's body belongs to her husband and the husband's body belongs to his wife. There's a there's a one flesh union that is taking place. So her sexual history is his sexual history if they marry and vice versa. This isn't something that you can just cordon off and say that's that's none of your business. They are coming together in a one flesh union and sexual encounters aren't ever casual in a Christian understanding of reality because they form a spiritual union. That's, that's why Paul, again, in 1 Corinthians 6, talks about, don't you know that when you join yourself to a prostitute, you have become one flesh with her? There's a, there's a spiritual union that is taking place uh, in, a, in a deeply, deeply mysterious sort of way. So this isn't a casual issue uh, at all. What you want to, to find out is with this person, whether or not this person sees this uh, sexual past as just being normal, as being something to be disregarded, that is a warning sign. Uh, someone who would say, yeah, I had these, this, these wild times, I, I had these relationships, but it's really not, not big of a, that big of a deal. That's a, that's a big problem. There's spiritual consequences. There are also psychological consequences. There, there are sexual scripts that are being formed uh, that you need to know about as a potential husband or, or that she would need to know about as a potential wife. You want to see whether or not that person is saying this is no big deal. You also want to see if this is somebody who is self-justifying in any sort of way. And I think probably one of the most alarming things that one could, could find is someone who is claiming uh, technical virginity. I had uh, someone... Uh, not long ago, talked to me about someone that she had been dating, and his response was always, I've been sexually pure. But then later, it came out in, in, a, in a deeper conversation that there were all sorts of sexual acts just short of intercourse that had taken place that he just disregarded because he saw those as being not equivalent to sex, so they weren't worth mentioning. If you have someone 
who is able to do that and evade his or her conscience in that way, that is somebody who in the fullness of time is going to be able easily to do the same thing when it comes to an adulterous relationship. This isn't really sex, it's something else. Or this isn't really an affair, it's something else. That's a warning sign that you ought to really look out for when it comes to this conversation. But the other problem is, Sometimes there are people who have remained sexually pure who believe that that means that they ought to only marry someone who has also remained sexually pure. I even had a woman, uh, when I wrote an article about this several years ago, she was very upset, and she wrote to me, what's the point in my keeping myself sexually pure if I'm going to marry a man who hasn't? And my response is, the point is obedience to God. Uh, the, The point is fidelity to the Lord Jesus Christ. If what you think is that your sexual purity means that God is going to reward you with someone who is who has also remained sexually pure, that's just another prosperity gospel. That's name it, claim it, health and wealth false, heretical Christianity. You're not owed anything. Your obedience doesn't obligate God in any way to you. What I would say to this man who is, when he starts moving forward with this woman and evaluating uh, and evaluating whether or not they're to be married, when it comes to that question of sexual history, what he is not looking for is perfection, And what he is not looking for is uh, dismissal or a casual disregard. What he's looking for is honesty, transparency, and where needed, what he's looking for is repentance. Is this someone who knows, who has a conscience that knows what it is like to repent? And so that means uh, showing mercy uh, that also means having a high view of God's, uh, of God's justice, but also a high view of God's grace, and recognizing that no matter what is, is happening in any marriage, there is always going to be some aspect of brokenness in that marriage. The question is knowing where it is and how to proceed forward. So I would say to you, you are asking the right question. I do think it is important but I would be very, very careful about how and when to bring this up and also be very careful about what exactly it is that you're looking for. And what you're looking for is someone who understands what the gospel is. And I think you can see that in this situation. Well, what's your question? Send it to me and we'll take it up right here. Until next time, this is Russell Moore. If you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at erlc.com. That's questions at erlc.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, use the hashtag AskRDM. Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics podcast with Russell Moore. To check out future broadcasts, subscribe via iTunes or visit us on erlc.com.